This is the Web Suasion Conversation Podcast, Episode 1. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am Ryan Williams, president of the Web Suasion Group, and this is the Web Suasion Conversation Podcast. We are coming to you from our studio facilities in Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Fayetteville, Georgia, and this is a podcast about business growth. So whether you're thinking about starting a company, you're in the seed phase, you're just trying to get all your ducks in a row, or you've been around for a long time, you've got a solid customer base and staff, and you're just looking to expand, but you're hitting the brick wall. We hope to be a resource for you. So we have a guest on the show every week, and today's guest, our first, is Maria C. Hall of Ignite Business Coaching, and she's going to talk to us about networking and client attraction. Now, we talked to Maria about a few things today, but two of the topics are niche and ideal client. And those are topics we're going to come back to again and again throughout this series because they're very important. Now, we here at Web Suasion, we're programmers, we're data nerds. We tend to take a metrics-heavy approach to looking at this. 22 years of doing application development, and the one place that I've seen businesses constantly drop the ball is on collecting metrics. They often are making assumptions, kind of gut assumptions, or they're working with very, very broad data that they've collected on spreadsheets themselves. And they don't really know what's going on day to day with their customers and with their products and their services. So metrics can be an automatic way of collecting data as your customers interact with salespeople and customer service and fulfillment. Whatever it is you're doing, whatever that activity is, anytime anybody's touching your technology, touching your website, your mobile apps, there is data that can be collected at that point and it happens without any effort. And then we can take all that data and pull it into reports. And that can really give you a different perspective into your business that you might otherwise not see. And over time, those metrics will identify what your niche is, who your ideal clients are, what your best product or service is. And it may not be what you expect. A lot of times it's not. Usually we are dealing with the clients who are the squeaky wheel, we're putting out fires, we're trying to roll out some big product, we have a lot of effort and a lot of attention being pulled away from us, and we're not often able to look in our business from a higher level and really see what's going on until years later. So what metrics do is they give you the ability to see those trends as they're developing. And an example of that could be maybe you're spending too much money on marketing a product or service that is actually not your most profitable. Perhaps you're targeting clients who need a little more attention and your actual more profitable clients are the ones who are quiet, but they kind of feel left out because you're not talking to them enough. You're not coming and giving them enough information. So metrics can reveal who is actually your most profitable client and who you need to be paying more attention to. And that can give you a much healthier outlook on your business over time. So we're going to leave you with a little bit of homework each week. And this week, I want you to take a look at your business and find five things, five places that you could make improvements in your business with respect to collecting metrics. That could be your website, where people log in. It could be internal spreadsheets that you're doing with your staff. It could be industry trends and magazines that you're reading or third-party data sources. Try to identify five different places that you feel like you can improve. So once you've done that, please come to our website at websuasion.com forward slash one. That's W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N dot com forward slash and the number one. 
That's for the episode one show notes. And at the very bottom of the page, you'll see a comment form. If you are comfortable, please leave a comment with the five things that you found that are places that you can improve your metric collection. And if you're not comfortable with that, there's a chat box at the bottom right, and you can certainly send me a private message. We definitely appreciate your feedback. Before we move on to Maria, I want to talk to you real quick about a platform I'm very excited about. It's called Visitor Sleuth. It's powered by Lead Forensics. And we talked earlier about Google Analytics and how it can kind of give you a general sense of the visitors that are coming to your website and how long they're spending on the page and where they came from. But it can't tell you specifically who's coming to your website. This platform can. Now, it doesn't do it for consumers. If you're selling to consumers, you're not going to get like individual consumer information on who's coming to your website. But if you're in business to business or business to government sales, you can see what companies are coming to your website, what divisions of the companies are coming, what contacts there are, those divisions or company heads, who you need to call to say, hey, I have some software on my site that shows me who is visiting. We saw that you were looking at our widgets. Can I help you? If you are like me, you hate cold calling and you want to have a warm to hot conversation with any prospect who is ready to buy. So that is a great way to start a conversation with a potential client who has self-selected themselves into your sales process. So if you want to find out more about this, come to websuasion.com forward slash leads. That's W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N.com forward slash leads. We've got a 14-day free trial that we can install. This is very simple. We install a little code very similar to Google Analytics on your website. You can install it yourself and you let it run for a couple of weeks and then you get a report on who's been coming to your website. It's very, very cool. So now we're going to talk to Maria C. Hall, Chief Impresaria of Ignite Business Coaching. That's ignitebusinesscoaching.com. Maria's got a long history in insurance sales. She did $2.5 million in annual sales with the insurance business she owned. And then she sold that and she went on to be market distribution leader for Allstate. Worked several years for Chambers of Commerce. So she's got a lot of experience with the Chambers. And now she does business coaching, has been doing it for several years, taking her solo entrepreneur clients to a six-figure income. She's going to talk to us about networking and client attraction. Maria C. Hall. I'm here with Maria Hall of Ignite Business Coaching. Thanks for uh, joining the show. It's great to be here, Ryan. So tell me a little bit about your career. This is really your second career as an entrepreneur, right? Because you ran an insurance agency for years, Mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. So tell me about your background. So I started insurance actually way just right out of college in New York, uh, but was there for a short period of time. We moved to South Texas, and that's really where I think of my career launching um, in insurance there. Did a short stint in timeshare sales, actually, in Texas as well. So sales has kind of been in my background for a long time. Right. I, I had the insurance agency uh, in Texas and worked for Allstate as a sales manager and trainer. So about 15 years. So what made you want to go into being a coach, being your own solo entrepreneur? Yeah. So for me, when I started working as an Allstate manager, and I really worked on hiring, developing, looking for the right people to be agents um, as I was a mentor of agents and training them up and even training my own staff. I really like working and helping and developing people. Uh, that really kind of was a stepping stone to 
finding that my greater joy was really in helping other people be successful and not so much in having the insurance agency. So when I had the opportunity to sell it, it was just a great thing and really step into more of the coaching and consulting that I love doing so much. So uh, when you first made that leap to doing the coaching, do you feel like you made any mistakes or are there some things you would have done differently? So probably one of the biggest for me ahas was when I stepped out of owning an insurance agency or working with insurance and going out and just talking about Ignite. And at that time, it was called Ignite Consultants Plus because coaching wasn't even something that people recognized as a thing. So when I said I was a coach, they thought that I was doing athletic type coaching. Mm -hmm. So the Consultants Plus was really more I was out consulting, helping businesses grow. The hardest part for me was the whole self-promotion. And right. how I talked about myself and the services that I provided and, and kind of learning how to toot my own horn. That was probably one of the biggest ahas because I had been in sales for years and self-promotion was tough for me back then in 2006, just starting out. And having heard you talk before, I mean, I know, I know a lot of your clients have that same issue. I know I had that same issue. Certainly still do hate talking about myself. Hate, you know. So what do you do when you're working with clients? How do you help coach them through that? So first of all, is them really becoming aware of it, you know, and recognizing it. Most of the time what happens with a service-based entrepreneur, you've got all of these great skills, all of these great credentials that you tend to lean on thinking and talking about that versus really focusing on who's your niche market, who are the clients that you can help the best and really knowing, okay, what are the cool things that I do for them? Right. And talking about those cool things, how you do it, using your client stories, because that showcases what you do for them, and it really showcases your superpowers. And that really helps you self-promote and for it to be comfortable, because you're just sharing stories about how you help clients. Are those stories tied to them discovering what their niche is? I mean, my personal experience, definitely, and a lot of what I've seen from my friends, and is when they go into business for themselves, they kind of do everything. They take everything that comes in. If they think they can do it, they take that job without realizing that that's what they're good at or that's what's best for them or that's the most profitable. So as you go through the coaching, do you ha- do you find that clients haven't found their niche yet or do you have ways of helping them to focus on that by telling those stories? Can they kind of focus in on that? Yeah. So, so the great thing you point out is the whole niche. So really, I start with niche because that's actually one of the freebies that are that's on my website how to create your six-figure niche. So to me, that's probably the first spot that when I'm going to talk to someone to even see if they're a viable client, someone that I can really help is I want to see where they are in their niche. If they know who their ideal client is and have kind of gone through, I'm going to call it a discovery process because sometimes when you start out in business, it's a hit or miss and you're trying some different things. And most of the times, like you said, you don't want to give anything up so you feel like you've got to take everything and sometimes you got to go through that journey of doing that for a little while making some mistakes figuring out who you don't want to work with and it really helps you discover who you really want to work with and really hone in so once we kind of have a niche and most of the time clients will say it's two or three different niches and I work with them to say okay let's focus on one for 90 days give it all you've got let's throw everything at it right to see and then eliminate if that's not the right one, tweak it, that type of thing. How so you, niche is a big thing. How do you make them choose? Is it their favorite, the most profitable? So I think there's two things we're gonna we're gonna look at to pick is profitable and you have fun working with them. So if we can find those two components, both that work, both, yeah. both together, that's gonna be the one to go with. If I've got three that have both of those two components, we're going to pick the one that they choose that they want to try first. We're not going to abandon the other two, but we've got to really try one 
strong first. Right. Well, speaking of niches, uh, going back to your own business, a lot of business coaches I've seen have not done what you're doing, which is you focus heavily on chamber of commerce and integrate with those communities. And did you just fall into that? How did you discover that as part of your niche? And why are you doing that? So for me, I've done two tours of duty as chamber of commerce executive. So part of my career life weaved in having my own business, having my own insurance agency, um, I was a Chamber of Commerce executive two different times. So right. in the early 90s, right before I opened up my own Allstate Insurance Agency, and then after that, as part of my coaching business. So I know that Chambers want to help small businesses. 80% of their members are small businesses. Mm-hmm. The other 20% are the corporations. Um, they struggle with resources and really being able to put out services that help entrepreneurs. So for me, when I came to Georgia, I knew that I liked working with chambers and what they do. I just didn't want to be a chamber exec. Um, I really wanted to go have fun at a chamber, work with the entrepreneurs, but not have to do with all the politics of it. Right. So it's a really great relationship because I, in a way, I speak chamber. So when I go into a chamber, I can work with their staff and I know what they're trying to do. So I come in and really help uh, working with the small businesses and giving small businesses an opportunity to really shine. It's a really been a great partnership. I you know love doing that and looking to expand that here okay. in Georgia. Okay. So yeah. right now you're doing what Fayette, Coweta, Douglas. I've worked with, with, with the with the Noonan Coweta Chamber, with the Fayette Chamber, Douglasville Chamber, Paul Dean Chamber. Okay. I've done some things with the Commerce Club. That's kind of a, a business group. So I'm looking for business associations as well. And yeah. and you're actually going back and forth between Atlanta and Texas now, right? In Texas, so, that's right. So, are you going to be working with? I'll be looking. There I'll be. I'll be. That'll be the first place that I'll that I'll go and try and connect with. Okay. Um, you know, in, in Texas as well. Yeah. One of the things that you've done at the chambers, uh, I know at the Noonan Chamber, you uh, do the Six Figure Success Club. So, can you talk about how you use that as an an on wrap for your other boot camps that you do? Sure. So, the Six Figure Success Club. We've actually been doing it for the last couple of years, and it is a free. First Friday of the month, it's a two-hour program. It's a great way for me. I'm just looking for ways to bring entrepreneurs and small business owners together. Because most entrepreneurs think they're, they're kind of working in a vacuum. The problems they're having with their clients, attracting clients, talking about their business is just their unique issue. Right. And as soon as they come to a few of these meetups, they realize, wow, it's not just me. And really making some great connections. So it's... Something I've been doing, the great thing in my partnership with the Chamber in order to be a speaker, because I'll have a subject matter expert, you've been one of my speakers at that, um, is that you need to be a member of the Chamber to be a speaker. Right, right. So I kind of offer an opportunity to come and learn something that'll benefit your business and kind of provide a way for you to meet, network, and start learning those skills that you need to know around self-promotion and around networking for your business. And I've done it a few times, and um, and I can say from personal experience, I mean, when I first went into it, super intimidating to have to talk about your business, even if, I mean, I've been doing this 22 years, but despite that, talking about that to a, a small group of friendly people was helpful in that I realized I was speaking to them gibberish at first. Like I was speaking very technical level of what I do and that I needed to really just kind of bring it down to a message for the general public. And as I went through and iterated through several of them, I got a little better each time and gained a little more information from that. So let's get into the sales part of this because um, I know 
you talk a lot about uh, entrepreneurs needing to be more like salespeople or needing to focus more on sales. And, and where is that disconnect when they initially start out their business that they don't think that sales is part of their job? And how do they incorporate that into, like, what do you do to help them? Yeah, so I think it's normally a big aha because a lot of people are going to step into a business because it's something that they love to do. They've either done it in a corporate gig and want to be their own boss now kind of, you know, want to freelance with the work. Um, and they feel that if they just, they get so wowed with what they're doing and the great service and the great help that they're providing for people that they think people are just going to hear about it and instantly say, where do I sign up? Right. So normally it's early in that entrepreneurial journey they find out, wow, I have to do this thing. And they don't even think of it as sales, right? Um, they'll think of like, how do I bring money into the business, whatever, because they really have an avoidance to sales because we somehow in our minds think that sales means I've got to be pushy, I've got to be salesy, I've got to sell something to people versus talking about what I do in a way that makes people say, wow, that's cool, how can you help me do that? It's an integral part that I weave in from the very beginning and really seeing where their head is at and their whole mindset about how they feel about sales and how they see themselves in that role. Well, what do you recommend to people? Like, I know one of the biggest problems that I have going to something like a chamber event, business after hours thing is I never really had the problem that I felt like I had to sell myself to this. I wasn't like being overly aggressive because I'm more of an introvert. Mm -hmm. But how do you start those conversations? How do you weave that into a situation where you're able to give someone your business card in a way that doesn't feel creepy or, you know? Yeah. So I think it starts with just your mindset of when you're when you're going to a networking event, it's really nothing about sales. Right. You're not going in there to make any sales. You're really going in there to make to start building relationships because it takes it used to be five to seven. Now they're saying it's 12 to 16 touches before someone may actually do business with you. Right. So getting to know the person and getting to know the person before you even ask. So for me, it's going into an event. What I feel the most nerve wracking is, okay, I'm going to go in and introduce myself to someone that I don't know. And are there going to be groups of people there that I can't figure out a way to get into that group? Right. Yeah. So, so looking for the people that are like on the sides of the room, standing by themselves where they're feeling awkward in that sense might be, you know, a first way. And really for me, it's more, I'm going in wanting to see who can I connect and who can I meet that's new and really start a relationship with. And that if I can meet them, connect with them on a personal level, somehow find something in common with them before I even start talking to them about their business. Right. And the one rule is, is never give somebody your business card unless they ask you for it. Right, right. So for me, as I'm connecting with them, if I found something that they like, a lot of times for me, just inviting them to the Six Figure Success Club. So I'll get their card to say, hey, let me just send you information. Come to one of these events that I'm doing at the Noonan Chamber, at the Fayette Chamber. That type of thing is a good way for me. So having something else that you can offer, something else that you can give to that person, um, even talking about asking them, you know, where do you go to just meet people and right. connect with as well? Yeah, locally, because everybody, yeah. every, every local area has its special groups and all. Yeah. When you go into an event like that, do you go in with a specific goal in mind? Um, do you go, like, when I go here, I'm going to try to find as many people I can connect with. I'm going to mention this specific thing. Or is it kind of free form? You're just going to the event just to consistently go and see the same faces over and over. Like so, so a couple of things. So the strategy you just said about sometimes you just go to events just to be seen. Yeah. Because you've got to be seen so many times before people are like, oh yeah, Ryan 
is in business here. He's serious about his business because he keeps coming and I keep seeing him. So that whole familiarity is important. But I do think that you should overall have a goal. You know, there's some different things out there about, you know, every, if you're at an event and it's an hour event, that you should try to meet someone new like about every six to 12 minutes, that that's how long a conversation should be where you could talk with someone, meet them and that type of thing, exchange cards if it's appropriate. So if we had a goal of going, let's say to to a business after hours and it's it's an hour and a half, maybe my goal is to come out with six, six new connections. So that might be a goal, but in my mind, I think if I meet three new people that I could follow up with within that week to put into my system. That's for me is normally, I like to keep three as kind of my minimum Mm -hmm. and six or seven being the max, but that's kind of a little barometer. But I do think you need to have an intention of what the new connections that you want to make. Well, so you've talked about the boot camp. Uh, Tell me a little bit about like what happens at the boot camp. What kind of structure is there to it? What do they learn? How is it broken up? How many days? So our boot camp is an all day event. And the boot camp basically has three core areas. We're going to have a great guest speaker for our boot camp in February. Wendy Kenny from the Power Core will be talking about how to work associations. Because okay. there's even you know a strategy and things that you need to do as an entrepreneur to make your investment in an association. If you're going to invest $400 in joining the chamber, how to best work that to your advantage and get you connected in the right way. But in the boot camp, we're going to talk around uh, understanding your niche And being able to declare your niche, what are the kind of problems that you're solving for your niche? And this is so key, you know, clients will come to me, they think that I do websites or I do marketing collateral. I don't do that. I help you around the ideas and the messaging and what you need to bring, because normally it's the biggest thing that stops people at their website is creating the content. So you need to know who is the audience that that you're targeting and and who you're trying to reach, you know, with your message and with what you're doing. So identifying those pain points, is it a big enough pain point? Because people are only going to pay for things that are big enough problems that they want to solve. And because it's a group, you know, it's an all day training with a group of people. We'll have 40 to 50 entrepreneurs there. It's amazing the great ideas that you'll get from other people and uh-huh. what they're doing um, as well. So we're gonna talk about your your niche, your marketing message. Then we're gonna look at just all the different types of client attraction methods that are out there. And you get the benefit of everyone seeing your business from the outside and then Absolutely. get to see that reflected back. Yeah. You know, what's working. And normally what I find is trying to get entrepreneurs to focus on what are the three or four that are gonna help you. And really learning what are the different stages of businesses and really being able to self-identify where am I in my business? Am I in base where I'm just starting out? I really don't have any clients yet. I'm trying to build revenue. Right. Um, Am I at startup where now I've got clients, they're not coming, you know, I've got some clients. I don't have all the clients I need, but I've got some clients, I'm making some money. Or I'm in a thrive, I've got all the clients, I'm making money, I'm doing well, or I'm in expand. I'm ready to kind of take it to the next level. So really knowing what stage you're in dictates what marketing method is best for you. So really, the clients that come into you can be at any of those levels for the boot camp. So do you recommend somebody who's thinking about starting a business take on coaching or take on a boot camp like that before they even start? Or So I think the boot camp is a good entry place because it's a lower you know cost point and to just to get to meet and be with other entrepreneurs as well because uh-huh. um, normally when people are thinking they're at that point where they need to be thinking about niche and who do I really want to attract and that type of thing so I think it's a it's a great way and it's a way that I'll tell people if if we're meeting and they're just 
starting to look at what they want to do, looking at the corporate experience and what they've had um, to come to that. The one other thing, too, that, that I find is really great for my people that are already in business, in sales, is that in the at the boot camp, I cover just how to have a magical conversation, which is how to have a sales conversation okay. and how to how to build the right questions that you ask people and how to make a smooth sale. Because it's really all about getting people, giving them choices and letting them self-select. Right. And making it an, an easy transition into them becoming your clients if it's the right thing. One of the things that I found works best for us, we're in a very technical field, of course, but if I treat it instead of sales as education, absolutely, I, then that tends to take away, like I'm giving you free information at that point, you know, once you trust me enough to, well, he seems to know what he's talking about, I'd like to know more, then you can get into a conversation that's more sales oriented. Yeah, because really for the sales conversation, it really is all about education. Right. And the one thing that I find is that as salespeople will maybe ask a question and we get what we would consider a buying trigger, right? They answer it in a way that we know we've got a solution and we pounce on it. Right. And immediately we try to close when we really haven't given enough time for the potential client to really talk about their problem. So definitely the education is the key thing. Educa mm. Educating them, educating them, educating them, asking them the right questions to get them talking about their problems. Because you as the expert, you know more about their problems than they do. Right. So you've got to develop the question to ask them so it's this whole thing about reverse engineering, having the conversation and spending enough time getting the client talking before you even start telling them about how you can solve those problems. Right. And they may not even know what the problem is. They just know what's happening, you know, the results right. of it. Yeah. That's one of the really big things at the boot camp is learning how to have those magical conversations. So we talked about self-promotion, you know, the fact that entrepreneurs often don't like to self-promote, but you talk a lot about fear too. What are some of the fears other than just going out and having to meet with people and getting past that anxiety of, of that kind of stuff and talking about yourself? What other fear components are there and what do you what do you do to help them with that? So it's interesting because in, and I'll use it, I, I use different forms of the fear exercise and in, in different work that I'll do with clients. It's a process that we'll go through where it's it's just a list, you know, and it's just like a checklist. And it's just like, okay, just read through these, see what applies to you. Is it, you know, fear of humiliation, fear of being successful, fear of not being successful, fear of making too much money, fear of people thinking that you're an imposter. There's yeah. so many different, and seeing that imposter one, like yeah. it, that's, well, it's, it's amazing that people don't even realize it. Everyone has that, that I've met. Like anyone who's successful has an imposter syndrome. Like yeah. I, universally, I've seen that every time they, cause they are smart enough to uh, reflect on what they do. And they're always assuming that their competition is doing that as well. So they don't even see, you know, how good they are really. They're always worried about like, well, I'm not as good as I should be. Mm -hmm. They haven't had any markers to really see along the way that, well, actually, you know your stuff and you're worth more than you even realize. Yeah, and that's a huge part of it within the group and asking people, you know, because sometimes as I work with entrepreneurs, we're talking, okay, what are your superpowers? Right. What are you really good at? Um, most of the time, it's stuff that they don't even realize that they're good at it. Yeah, so yeah. that that's part of that is really, so when I go into business, it's really saying, okay, let's see all the things that you do. I want you to make lists, even the stuff, because you're probably not even telling your client you're doing it, you just automatically do it in your process, and that's a superpower, because that's something that would take them hours to do. They don't even know that they have to do it. Right, so and developing their niche is actually a way of helping them to deal with the fears they have. So once they understand their niche better, they have they feel more comfortable and like more, gives them a kind of a skeleton to work from 
you know absolutely framework. yeah well great well thanks for being on the show awesome i enjoyed it had a lot of fun Thank you so much for listening to Web Suasion Conversation. This has been episode one with Maria C. Hall. Please come visit our website for the show notes. It's websuasion.com forward slash one for episode one. That's W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N dot C-O-M forward slash the number one. We've got videos and links to Maria's website and her programs. And there's also that comment form at the bottom on the chat box as well that you can leave feedback on the show. We'd love to hear from you. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify or Stitcher, please review us. It's a great way of driving attention to the podcast and giving us some much needed feedback. We appreciate your support. Next week, we're gonna have Jeff Bartholomew of Everest Business Coaching, and he's gonna talk to us about business valuation. If you'd like to stay up to date on who's coming up on the podcast, please subscribe to our newsletter. Just come to our website at websuasion.com, W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N.com, and you'll see a pop-up for our business growth newsletter. Sign up for that, and we'll send that sucker out to you every week. Thanks for joining us, and I wish you a successful business week. Mm -hmm.